Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. In Matthew chapter 1, we read, quote, But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophets. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. The arrival and coming of Jesus to this earth, or the Advent as it's called, is a special time every December where we remember and meditate and think about Jesus and all the ramifications of his coming to this earth. There is indeed no better way to spend our time this December than to consider Jesus, to think about Jesus, and to increasingly live for Jesus in every manner and every way. Let's open our Bible now that we might increasingly live in this Advent season for Jesus Christ our Lord. Well, good morning. And uh, welcome to another teaching. It's Saturday morning here in Texas. And uh, man, it's a good day. It's a good morning to be, uh, to be loving on Jesus, to be spending time with Jesus, to be growing to know Jesus, to, to be growing to appreciate Jesus and think about Jesus. And, and that's what we're going to be doing for the Christmas season. So... Um, my lovely wife, May, has, uh, has asked me to teach on the Advent. Um, and, you know, I had, uh, the Advent is not something that I had really practiced or worked on, but, uh, you know, my wife has, uh, has put me to work here. And so I would expect it should be around, I don't know what it's going to be. I'll, I'll say four teachings, but, uh, you know, which would carry us through most of the Christmas season. So Merry Christmas. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Um, it's just an exciting time of the year. And, and that's what the Advent is for, right? Um, and so we're going to get into that and what it means. And, uh, and today we're going to be discussing uh, the arrival of Jesus. The word Advent actually means arrival, right? Or coming. Um, and it's a celebration of when Jesus came to earth, when the Messiah came, when God entered humanity um, 2,000 years ago. And it's also a celebration looking forward to Jesus coming again, looking forward to his return. So it's an exciting time and uh, I've been studying up on it. And so again, we're going to, you know, we're going to try to go through the the Christmas season, right? We're going to work on, on meditating on Jesus. I'm thinking about Jesus and all the ramifications of his first coming, you know, his birth, his life, his death and his resurrection. And then, you know, uh, his second coming when he returns again and all the ramifications that go with that. So father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace, Lord. We thank you, Father, for loving us. And Father, we just thank you for Jesus. More than anything else, Father, we thank you that your love gave your son Jesus to us. Lord Jesus, we worship you. 
we praise you, we thank you, we love you, our only master, our only king, our only savior, our only Lord. Lord Jesus, we thank you for 2,000 years ago coming into this world on our behalf. We thank you for living a perfect righteous life on our behalf that we could never live. We thank you for dying a torturous death on the cross that, that we should have died. And we thank you that you're alive and risen and we worship you. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now as we open the scriptures, as we open your word, as we study this Advent and what it means that Jesus has come and that he is coming. We ask you to give us eyes that see Jesus, ears to hear him, hearts to understand him. We want to know Jesus, Holy Spirit. It's in your name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen and amen. All right. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay. So as I said, uh, the word Advent actually means arrival. Okay. And, and it's, uh, it's the four Sundays before Christmas, right? So Advent began on December 3rd, right? Um, and then it'll be December 10th, December 17th. And the last one, it'll end on December 24th, which happens to be Christmas Eve this year. So thank you, Lord Jesus. And again, it's a time to meditate and remember, you know, um, that Jesus came, that the baby was born, that the Messiah, that the God-man entered the world 2,000 years, 2, years ago, that God himself took on humanity, God the Son, the Son of God, Jesus, added humanity to his divinity, right? Um, he was never less God, but he added humanity to his divinity. And when he walked the earth, there were, there were times where he limited himself and his divinity. He was never less God, but he would choose to limit himself in certain ways so as to be like us in every way. And so it's it's a... It's profound, right? And so, uh, so we're going to discuss today. Um, I don't know how many scriptures we'll get to, but we're going to talk about first um, the prophesying, right? When when it was prophesied by Isaiah, um, the Old Testament book of Isaiah, the great prophet Isaiah, is about seven hundred years or so before Jesus, <clears throat> and Isaiah prophesied that the Savior would come. He prophesied that Jesus would be born of a virgin, right? Probably the most well-known and recognized prophecy in all the Bible, the prophecy of Jesus being born of the Virgin Mary. Um, and so we're going to start out by reading um, these prophecies of Isaiah, and we're going to talk through them. And then we're going to see their fulfillment in the scriptures and on the pages of the New Testament in Matthew and Luke. So it's going to be exciting. All right, so we're going to start in Isaiah 9. Isaiah 9, and I'm going to read verses 2 through 7. Isaiah 9, 2 through 7. Verse 2. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod 
of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Wow, golly. So, so that, that's a good way to begin the Advent is reading these verses, okay? Read Isaiah 9, 2 through 7, and then read Isaiah 7, 13 and 14, all right? So Isaiah 7, 13 and 14, golly. Then Isaiah said, hear now, you house of David, is it not enough to try the patience of humans? Will you try the patience of my God also? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Wow. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, I was going to, I'm going to go back and talk about these, but I just want to keep reading because these scriptures, are you getting this? Let these scriptures wash over you. All right. And so now we're going to move to the New Testament, right? So again, you saw Isaiah said, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. He said that around 700 years before the birth of Jesus. So, so let's look at, at Luke 1, 26 to 38. And we'll look where, where Mary is told by the angel Gabriel, Archangel Gabriel, God's enforcer. <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right. So 700 years later, there is a, a beautiful young, maybe 14, 15 year old woman of God who has a heart to serve God and to walk with God the Father in, in a way that few have, right? This is a, a, a beautiful young woman. Her name is Mary. And look what... Uh, Look what happens. Luke 1, verses 26 to 38. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. 
How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Wow. Okay. All right. And, uh, and the last one we'll read is Matthew 1. Matthew 1, verses 20 to 25. Matthew 1, 20 to 25. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. Father, we worship you. We bless you. We thank you. We love you. Holy Spirit, we remember. We ask you to cause us to remember this December, this Christmas season, Help us every day to remember Jesus, but Lord, we want to know you. We want to remember you. We want to meditate on your coming and your goodness. We want to walk with you, Jesus. We thank you, Father, for your word. We thank you that we have our Bible. We thank you that we have the living word of God. We just thank you, Father. We commit this Christmas, this Advent season into your hands. Help us to know you better, Lord Jesus, in your name. Amen and amen. All right. So, I mean, there's there's so much here. And, uh, well, we got about 17 minutes. And so <clears throat> you notice that, that in Matthew 1, right, uh, Matthew records what we read previously, what Isaiah said, right? So you remember Isaiah 7, 13 and 14, right, which we read earlier, okay? Therefore, verse 14, therefore the Lord himself, Isaiah 7, 14, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, right? And so now that was said 700 years before Jesus. When you turn to, to Matthew chapter one, you read, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So the first thing to understand is that when we're celebrating the Advent, when we're celebrating the arrival of Jesus, and, and today and, and next time we're going to be talking about, again, when he came 2,000 years ago, 
right? When he came as a, an infant in the manger. And we will talk about that. Obviously, he grew up, um, became a man and, you know, lived the perfect righteous life on our behalf and then credited it to us, gave it to us for those who would receive him. He died a, a torturous death on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. And for those who truly believe and trust Jesus, all of our sin, past, present, and future sin in our life is credited to him, right? That exchange, the perfect righteous life of Jesus credited to us like we lived it. We didn't live it, but it's accounted to us, credited to us as if we did. And then all of our sin and disobedience and wickedness and unrighteousness is credited to him at the cross for those who have received Jesus. But the very first thing for us to understand that we must understand when it comes to the advent, when it comes to the arrival of Jesus on the earth is that this is God almighty. Uh, Mary, again, you already heard me say, incredible woman of God, few ever like this woman, right? But again, she is a human being, right? She, she was sinful, right? Uh, she needed God, the son, Jesus, the son of God for her salvation as every human being that's ever lived does, right? Before Jesus came in the whole Old Testament, before Christ came, everyone looked forward to the cross and you were saved by your faith in the word of God that the Messiah would come. For all of us now who look back to Jesus 2000 years ago, for those of us who've lived after the, the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, we're saved by looking back to the cross. We put our trust and reliance and belief in the savior Jesus that has come, right? So you see that the same cross saves all humanity. That's pretty good. Thank you, Lord. Um, but so again, before Christ in the Old Testament, they looked forward to the cross. They were saved by faith in the Messiah and the Savior that was to come. Those of us born after the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, we look back to the cross. We put our faith and trust in the Savior and the Messiah, Jesus, that has come. So again, that same cross brings salvation for every human being that's ever lived. So the first and most important thing that we must remember, not only during Advent, but all the days of our lives, is that that baby in the manger, Isaiah stood up and prophesied that, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign, the virgin will give birth to a son, and will call him Emmanuel, okay, which means God with us, right? So you see it in Matthew, right? Chapter one, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. So again, now Matthew is recounting what, what Isaiah said 700 years earlier, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So again, the baby the baby Jesus, as we said, okay, is, is not just a baby, okay? This is the, the God man. This is not like 
any human being. This is not like Moses. This is not like David. This is, this is every human being, every great, quote, man or woman of God that's ever lived, right? Great woman of God, Mary. Um, you know, every great man of God, you know, Daniel, Ezekiel, Noah, okay? The, the baby in the manger is, it, it's, it's so categorically more, Okay, and then all the all the good figures that have lived after, right? Um, you you know, uh, Mother Teresa, Gandhi, right? All the different, you know, all the different prominent people in other religions. Okay, this baby born that Isaiah is prophesying about is indeed Almighty God. It's God Himself willingly entering humanity and adding humanity to his deity. He didn't exchange it. He chose, and because he's God, he can do this. He chose God the Son, the Son of God, Jesus, the one who created the universe, chose to add humanity to his deity, humble himself, and enter this world to be the savior of the world. The world he created, the humanity he created. I mean, there's there's no words for it, right? Turn to uh, the Gospel of John, chapter one. Gospel of John, chapter one. All right. Look what it says. The Gospel of John, chapter one, verse one. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, Jesus, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. Verse 10, he was in the world... And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Verse 12, yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Verse 13, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Verse 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Wow. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So again, the child born is God himself. As we begin this celebration, right? As we begin this Advent time of celebration, of, of devoting ourselves to Jesus in a deeper and more profound way. And again, I want to say every day of our lives that we ever live ought to be a day of increasing devotion to Jesus. But again, around Christmas time, around this time, it's, it's good for us to meditate on Jesus, to meditate on his coming. And for, for today, we're going to meditate again that, on, on, that our God became a man for us.
let's think about this for a minute. You know, why was it necessary for God himself to become human, to take on humanity and to, and to be our savior? I mean, you would have thought he's God. He could have done anything. He could have created a, a mighty angel, right, to do it. He, cre- he could have created a, a, quote, perfect human being to do it. But what we don't understand is that if he did that, that would be cheating, okay? What we don't understand is that our sin is really, really, really bad. And, and I, and I want to confess again, I, I look at, at my life sometimes and I'll look at the times of my life where I can walk in just, you know, different levels of, of selfishness where I like my own way. Um, I can be self-serving, um, impatient, you know, just the different, different areas of character that I'm working on and I need help in. But, I, you know, as I begin again, this Advent season and thinking about that my God, Jesus, the son of God, became a human man himself. He didn't have someone else do it. He did it himself. And the reason was my sin. I could have been the only one living and he would have done it. You could have been the only one living and Jesus would have become a man for you would have lived the perfect righteous life for you, would have died that torturous death for you, and would have been raised from the dead for you, that you too might have your sins forgiven, that you might come into relationship with God the Father as your heavenly Father, that you might be delivered from the wrath of God the Father, delivered from eternal hell, and that you might go to heaven when you die. The reason that God himself had to rectify humanity, had to to restore humanity, had had to give his own life, had to become a man himself. It's utterly unthinkable. I forget what author said it, but a human becoming a roach is more appropriate than our God becoming a human man. That's the humility of what Jesus did for us, right? And that's why in in Philippians 2, and we'll read that here in a minute, um, you know, we're called to emulate him. But again, to consider that your sin and my sin was so, so, so wrong, so evil, so weighty, so overwhelming. Our sin is so bad that without Jesus... The only way for our debt, every human being, y'all, has a debt of sin. All 8.1 billion people in the world. That's 8,100 million people in the world, right? Takes a, a thousand million to make a billion. Every one of us has a debt to almighty God. And without Jesus, the only way for that debt to be satisfied is by spending an eternity in hell, paying the debt ourselves. And because the interest on our sin is so great, we never get it paid off. 
and we're separated from our triune God for all eternity in hell. And so the first thing again to understand, and I can't emphasize this enough, is that as we go through this Advent season that we think about that our God himself loved us so much, right? John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That the love of our heavenly father was so great that he sent God the son. Remember, we have a triune God, one being, three distinct separate individual persons, right? God the father, God the son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. And in Jesus Christ, we actually have relationship with each of them. God the father is our heavenly father in Jesus. God the son, Jesus is our Lord and savior and master and king. God the Holy Spirit is our guide, our counselor and our comforter. Um, and so again, as the, as the, as the Advent season begins, as you, as this, as you, we roll into December, right? Let's meditate on the fact that our God himself, God, the father in a display of love, unimaginable, none of us would ever send our child to be tortured and die like this, but our, our father did this. Our heavenly father sent Jesus and Jesus of his own will became a human man for us and he did it because our sin was so bad right you remember in matthew when uh when when the angel appears to him right joseph son of david matthew 1 20 to 25 do not be afraid to take mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the holy spirit she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name jesus because he will save his people from their sins this savior, right? The Messiah, the reason our God became a man and it had to be God because sin was so bad was that, that we were and we are a sinful people and that we need a savior and that the only way we could be saved, the only way this overwhelming debt of sin could be satisfied is by God himself paying the debt on our behalf. And as I said, when Jesus came into this world, lived that perfect righteous life, died that torturous death, he died the death we should have died. He was punished a punishment that, that we should have been punished. He died in our place. He was punished in our place and he was judged in our place. Hmm. So real quick, let's turn to Philippians chapter two. And... Uh, we're going to start reading verse 5. We'll read 5 to 11. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Wow, Philippians 2, 5 to 11. 
and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In closing, I'll ask you, are you sure that you know Jesus today? Are you sure that you've received him? You saw we read John 1.12, yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Are you fully believing and trusting in who Jesus is today and who the Bible reveals that Jesus is? God Almighty, the Son of God, God the Son. Do you believe that he came into this world? Do you believe that he lived a perfect righteous life even for you? for me, that he died a torturous death for you that you should have died? Do you believe that he's alive and risen? And have you received him? Romans 10, 13 promises God has given his word that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's not our words that save us. It's Jesus that saves us. But you use your words to communicate your, your heart to him. Out of that place, out of that place of knowing hopelessness, knowing desperation, knowing that you're helpless, knowing that only hell awaits. Have you reached out to Jesus and called on him and asked him to save you and asked him to be the Lord of your life and to save you from your sin and to come and live in your heart and give you eternal life? You can do it now. You can call on Jesus now and ask him to come into your heart. If you're not sure, just simply humble yourself and pray, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinful person. I know I've done wrong. I know that I'm hopeless and helpless and desperate. But Jesus, I believe you are the son of God. I believe that you did come into this world and I believed you lived a perfect righteous life even for me. I believe you died a torturous death on the cross even for me and I believe you are alive and risen today. And therefore, I ask you now, Lord Jesus, to come into my heart I ask you to be the Lord of my life. I ask you to save me from my sin and to bring me to heaven when I die. Lord Jesus, I place all my faith and hope and trust and confidence in you alone to save me and to be my everlasting Lord and God. Jesus, it's in your name I pray. Amen and amen. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace, Father. We thank you for all the blessings of Christmas. But Father, above all, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for Jesus. Lord Jesus, we worship you. We praise you and we thank you. Holy Spirit, seal this message to our hearts now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.